Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How is everyone? Hope you've had a lovely day. Got so much to get through. Keep your pants on. For a while. For a while. I don't want to rush into this. Can't we just be friends? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Daily Boogie. I am Boogie Bumper. Thanks so much for joining us. Orange Man Bad, yes. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again for another episode. Hope you've had a lovely day. I certainly have. We've got so much to get through. I've got a lot of stuff. It's going to be a bit of a bitter. A little bit of a bitter. Not a beach. Just a poorly run show on a little app called Periscope. And YouTube. And Twitch. <laughs> See what I did there. So I hope you I hope you're doing well. Thanks so much for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure to see you all there. I think it's time for a lesson in manners, ladies and gentlemen. Because I have noticed around the interwebs, like I know most of you are, you know, conservative on the conservative side of the ledger, but not all of you. Not all of you. Most of you are Donald Trump supporters, so I feel like you know, it's time to talk about manners, especially for all of you fucking Nazis and bigots and racists and homophobes, because you've obviously had some bad parenting, a bad upbringing of some sorts, anger and hate issues with the world at large. So I think today might be a good time to address this gaping chasm inhuman decency between everybody else and you horrible, horrible people. Yes, that's right. Today you're going to get a lesson in what it means to be civil with one another from none other than your favourite liberal celebrities on television. <laughs> but before we get to that, uh, I never normally do this, but I just wanted to throw this up for a second. There was a lot of talk before we started off. People wanted to take their clothes off and this kind of thing. Well, I have some absolutely fantastic news for you. In around four and a half minutes from now, you're all going to get laid. That's right. This is happening right now. This is live. We are about to shoot a giant penis into the outer atmosphere. Ladies and gentlemen, Earth rocks. Am I right? Look at that. Utterly sensational. A phallic masterpiece of science and technology, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Four and a half minutes and counting. And the pleasure will be all yours, I'm sure. So we will enjoy that from our vantage point down here. SpaceX about to launch into outer space. Uh, before we get too far down the road, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to get laid in outer space, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Before we get to our main topic of discussion here, I just want to open the books. Only four minutes. Yes. 
Only four minutes. <laughs> I just want to get to something that's been bothering a lot of people lately. Impeach. Impeach El Presidente, the pussy-grabbing, orange-haired, bone-spurred piece of garbage in the White House. Divided on impeachment, Democrats wrestle with duty and politics. There's a guy, a, a Democrat, thinking about his duty, whether he should do his duty or not do his duty. As Speaker Nancy Pelosi urges caution on impeachment, rank-and-file House Democrats are agonising over the prospect of trying to oust... President Trump, caught between their sense of historic responsibilities and political considerations in the wake of the special counsel's damning portrait of abuses. <laughs> I like that it's no longer the Russia report or the collusion report or the obstruction report. It's now a damning portrait of abuse. It's almost artistic. It's a regular Van Hoch. The Democrats, including more than 50 freshmen, are mindful that impeachment poses political risks that could endanger the seats of moderates and their majority, as well as strengthen Mr. Trump's hand. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're a follower of the show that I do once a week with my comrade James R., the flying Hawaiian, who when he is not relaxing in the headquarters of TAVshow.com over there in Hawaii, getting a lomi lomi massage and being fed pistachio nuts with a long pair of barbecue tongs, is administering 10 to 15 minute data dumps as he cruises around looking for potential victims, I mean love interests, on the beaches of Hawaii. This is a topic that we've discussed at length and gone through all the reporting, New York Times, Washington Post, CNN. There is a fracture, there is a civil war happening inside the walls of the Democrat Party. And Nancy Pelosi, for all of her failings, is no idiot when it comes to this kind of thing. She's been around far too long. Far too, generally speaking. I think she's been around since the 1800s at least. But aside from that, on Capitol Hill, she's been around far too long. And she knows the folly that will befoul the Democrat Party if they do, do indeed push ahead with impeachment proceedings. Another stat that we've spoken about. There are around 70-something seats, <laughs> duty dumps, there are about 70-something seats in the House that went to, that, that the, uh, the Democrats hold with very, very, very small margins, and a lot of these are in purple swinging districts that the, the Republicans held for the previous two or three cycles. So there is a very big opportunity for these to flip back. There's also the historical aspect of this. When the Republicans tried to remove Bill Clinton and when they pushed impe uh, impeachment proceedings on him, it did not work out very well for the Republicans politically. At the following elections, they got stomped by the Democrats. And arguably, Donald Trump is perhaps even more popular, certainly with Republicans, but with the voting mass as a whole, he's arguably more popular than Bill Clinton was back then. So the Democrats are far too, you know, Nancy Pelosi is far too intelligent, I think, politically to allow this to happen. But the freshmen the, who came in running on hard left agendas in very safe liberal seats, well, they have nothing to lose. They were elected in deep, deep blue districts. So if they don't push for impeachment, there's a potential that they might get outflanked to the left themselves, believe it or not. 
by somebody who's more angry, who's more outraged, who screams even louder to the heavens. The moderates who ran in purple or swinging districts, they can't allow talk of impeachment to stifle their run on a moderate platform, on local issues, which is arguably how they won the seat in the first place. Because this will motivate the Republicans in their district to overwhelm the Democrats. So they don't, they don't want talk of hard left policies. They don't want talk of impeachment in these moderate states, in these moderate seats. Because there is a very real chance that these will all flip back to the Republicans and that that majority that they were talking about, oh, we love our women, we love our diversity, we love, we love our Somalis, right? All that'll go out the window. It'll go up in a cloud of smoke like so many a cathedral, a cathedral in recent times. Just like that. It'll be gone. So they can't allow this talk to continue. I want you to watch this. Morning Joe, ladies and gentlemen, trying to put some cold water on the impeachment discussion. At least he is a law professor at George Mason University. He was on the pre-transition team, as he writes in the piece. And he believes that at this point, having read the details of the Mueller report, that the impeachment process should start. Uh, a lot of members of Congress, Democratic members of Congress, agree with him. Elizabeth Warren agrees with him on the campaign trail. What do you think? There seems to be a wave of inevitability regarding the impeachment process. And you see how... <laughs> There's just a wave of inevitability. It's just going to happen. The impeachment process is just going to happen and there isn't a damn thing you can do about it. Why, it was already written. It was foretold by the great prophet Mullah III who came down from the heavens, spent some time in the FBI, got involved with gangsters in Boston and then delivered his sermon on the mount at Capitol Hill. And he said, I found no collusion obstruction well you figure it out it's not up for me to say i don't i don't want to i really don't want to intrude i don't want to get in the middle of this you know you guys want to impeach i don't i don't if it's not really for me to say it's kind of you know you guys take care i don't i don't really want it don't want to be doing this really really and so from that we you know we can now run forth very progressively to the realm of impeachment, which there is no stopping it, apparently. It is inevitable. 96% chance of impeachment, I think you'll find. <laughs> I think you'll find, according to Democrat pollsters. So many candidates are coming out in favor, and Democrats at their at their leadership level just need to figure out what they're going to do. I mean, where is Chuck Schumer on this? Nancy Pelosi has really done an adept job up until this point of managing her caucus, but I do think that sooner rather Manage than later caucus. for the Democrats' potential benefit in an election, they have a vested interest in having this happen. But, Mike, as Elise said earlier, and I've heard directly from the White House, they're happy to have Democrats talking about impeachment. They think it's a losing effort. They know it's a dead end if it gets to the Repu Republican-controlled Senate. They're happy to let Democrats be mired in that conversation. Well, John referenced this earlier. I mean, the burden now... And There's another thing, too, and I don't know if this is accurate or not. And I don't know... See, because of what I stated earlier, the moderate swingy districts in the middle there, those 70-something 70, 70 seats, they're up for grabs. So arguably, you know, they need to protect themselves against the far left wing of the Democrat Party if they're going to hold on to their majority in the Congress. Like they don't want to be painted as socialists because arguably, well, not arguably, uh, rampant, hardcore, rabid, drooling, frothing at the mouth style socialism is not popular in all of those districts. 
where moderates ran and, and got elected. So they can't allow that kind of talk to happen. But on the flip side, they can have this conversation right up to election day and use try to use it as a means to motivate their base. It'll be a balanced thing, like risk reward. What's what's the better move here? Because if they're like, well, we don't know if we should impeach. We don't know if we should impeach or not. Maybe we should. Maybe we shouldn't. Let's just keep investigating up until the election. Let's just keep that rolling. Let's just keep that happening. Then that might motivate the pussy hat wearers, the banner wearers, uh, the banner wavers, the types who like to bang on the doors of the Supreme Court. Rachel, thanks for joining us. You know, you remember those folks? That might motivate them to dust off their fingertips with the Torito dust get back out there and grab hold of a lever. (laughs) Pull a vote for a comrade. But I don't know. I think the longer this talk goes on, the worse it's going to get, arguably, for those swinging districts and those purple districts and those moderate Democrats who won election in 2018. Nancy Pelosi is enormous because if you read and reread volume two of the Mueller report, it's all... Hell, man, why why don't you pick up Harry Potter or something? Imagine being so sad that you're rereading the Mueller report multiple times, reading it to your children. And then the the bad orange man met his match. The hero, Robert Mueller, came over the horizon on his sturdy steed. He said, I will slay the dragon, but I don't really want to get in the middle of this obstruction. I don't know. You guys figure it out. That's not for me to say. You know, it looks like you're having a fight here. I, I don't know. I want, to, I want to be friends with both of you. You know what I mean? I just want to stay friends with everyone. I don't really want to. Yeah. Yeah. And then the orange man was defeated. The impeachment procedure is all right there in one item, the back and forth with Don McGahn. You don't have to complete the obstruction to be charged with obstruction. So again, I, <laughs> I, listen, I, I... There doesn't have to be an obstruction in order to be charged with an obstruction. You don't have to actually rob a car. You don't actually have to steal a car in order to be charged with stealing a car. Don't be ridiculous. What do you think this is? What do you think this is? Some kind of banana republic? Just thinking about committing a crime is just as bad as committing it. We, everybody knows that. Uh, every lawyer knows that. Your Honor, my client, the the prosecution argues that the accused was thinking about committing a crime. Surely he needs to be locked up. We, we can't have people thinking about committing crimes. He, he spoke about the possibility of obstructing the obstructing the investigation. Surely that's good enough, Your Honour. Please have a heart. <laughs> Think of the Constitution. Think justice might might suggest the president. Well, there should at least be hearings. But come on, let's talk because I know there are a lot of people here that are saying, "Oh, you, they've got to impeach him." But Casey, you could name right now 10 members of Congress who would lose their races in 2020 that just barely won. There it is. There it is. Morning, Joe. A broken clock is is right twice a day, ladies and gentlemen. The exact same thing we've been saying on Trust and Verify for months and months and months. Now, Joe was in Washington, too, for all of his shortcomings, one being the lady sitting to his right off camera at the moment he knows this stuff he knows he knows that there there are too many democrats in danger if they push for impeachment 
because the districts are too close. <clears throat> They'll get turfed out on their ear. They'll be gone. Bye-bye. So I wonder where did all of this talk of impeachment come from anyway? Where did this start? What 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 kind of ignorant mad men or mad women would even begin this impeachment discussion, I wonder? They can impeach the president, and one of those crimes that they could potentially be impeached for would potentially, if, if there was potentially evidence. Uh, do you think the Judiciary Committee should start impeachment hearings? Do you mm-hmm. think they're going to move ahead with impeachment? Should we impeach? The Mueller report could be a roadmap. <laughs> a roadmap. A roadmap. A roadmap. A roadmap. A 10-episode roadmap for impeachment. impeachment. Perhaps there's enough evidence here to start impeachment proceedings. Impeachment proceedings. Immediate impeachment proceedings. Start impeachment proceedings. <laughs> impeachment for impeachment. Impeachment proceedings should be impeached. Impeaching the Impeach. sensitive issue of impeachment, impeachment proceedings. Impeachment, impeachment. impeachment. But impeachment with impeachment issue of impeachment <laughs> at the beginning. Where impeachment. did this lady come from? He can be impeached. Impeachment? I've got no idea where this impeachment talk started. Can you, I can't pinpoint it. Can anybody figure it out? You know, drop me a hint, drop me a line. Let me know. Impeach or not impeached. In terms of Im- impeachment. And then there's impeachment. Talking about impeachment. Perhaps of impeachment. On the impeachment question. A conversation about impeachment. Impeachable. Impeachability. Potentially impeachable things. <laughs> sort of impeachable looking. The thing that provided the predicate for impeachment. The question of impeachment is squarely on the table. And a way to get to the truth is an impeachment exercise. Yes. Impeachment is a remedy. But the avenue for that is impeachment. Go ahead. Move ahead with the move of impeachment. Do Go it. For impeachment. Do it. Impeach the president. Let's impeach. Because that's what impeachment means. Congress has got to decide if they think impeachment is the right thing to do and then think about the politics. If they think of the politics first, they're probably not going to do it and Trump's going to walk. Oh, and he's going to walk right into a second term, apparently, if you do. Once again, morning, Joe, ladies and gentlemen. Complete Joe Scarborough. Obstruction Joe Scarborough. Again, I... Yes. I, Mika, listen, listen I, I to this. Justice might, might suggest the president... There should at least be hearings, but come on, let's talk, because I know there are a lot of people here that are saying, oh, they've got to impeach him. But Casey, you could name right now 10 members of Congress who would lose their races in 2020. Well done, Joe Scarborough. Finally, finally, a a slight shimmering light of reality comes comes bursting in through the the curtain-covered dome of the corporate media machine. Well done, Joe Scarborough. Well done, sir. Well done. Hopefully hopefully he now gets accused of working for Russia because that would be the ultimate. That would be the cherry on, on top of the cake, don't you think? That would be the umbrella in the cocktail by the seaside watching the girls in bikinis frolic around in the waves in Tahiti. As, as it just if somebody on one of the far-left websites could come out now and accuse Joe Scarborough of working for Russia then all will be well. <laughs> well, if impeachment doesn't work, how about this? Democrats' blueprint to beat the GOP. Blue states unite to circumvent the Electoral College. Let's just let's just fuck with the rules instead. Who, who said impeachment is the only option? How about taking a big fat dump on the Electoral College? Can, can we do that? Can we work that out? Can we workshop that? Democratic-controlled legislatures across the country are looking to the National Popular Vote Compact. In 2016, the presidential campaign was historically unprecedented in a number of ways, not the least of which was the losing candidate got nearly 3 million more popular votes than the winner. I really don't like this term, popular vote, because arguably she wasn't particularly popular. 
not in the states she needed to win anyway. Ever since early November 2016, National Democrats have been scrutinising ways to take full advantage of Hillary Clinton's popular vote victory and make it work for them in 2020. And at the state level, Democrats have started a serious push to shift how Americans elect presidents in the future. (laughs) By having the national popular vote play a more decisive role than the Electoral College. Whether their efforts are picking up steam or doomed to failure is a matter of opinion. Mostly partisan opinion at this stage, but there's no question this effort has moved well beyond the hypothetical stage. More than a dozen state legislatures have already made a commitment in this direction. Their vehicle, the National Popular Vote Compact. Bipartisan plan or one to benefit Democrats only? The idea of the compact didn't start after the 2016. It actually dates back to at least 2001. Remember when the last Republican won? Isn't that coincidental? Just a coincidence. Just a big coinky dink. When Robert Bennett, a law professor at Northwestern University, suggested in an academic publication that a majority of the Electoral College could pledge to uphold the winner of the national popular vote. Law professors Akhil Reid Amar and Vikram D. Amar later wrote that the idea would be constitutional if a group of states formed a compact agreeing to hand all of their electoral college votes to the national popular vote winner. So, if somebody wins the popular vote and in your state you actually voted for the other guy collectively. So, just say you're in Idaho and there's an election between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, and Donald Trump wins Idaho, right? But Hillary Clinton wins the popular vote when we tally up all of the absentee ballots and from LA and New York specifically. She comes in, she wins the popular vote. Your state government will then take the electoral college votes that you allocated as a voting population to Donald Trump and give them to Hillary Clinton on your behalf. Wonderful! What a wonderful plan. What a wonderful idea that would be. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't see any problem with taking our electoral college votes and doing the opposite of what the people voted for. I don't see any problem with that whatsoever. I mean, it's a national popular vote. The right person's got to win, you know? You know, we're doing it for the people because we love the people. We're doing it for the people of Los Angeles. (laughs) The government, the state government of Kentucky handing their electoral college votes to the population of Los Angeles and New York. Bravo. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a hell of a plan. Jeez, politicians really don't care about being popular anymore, do they? Speaking of popular vote, how do you plan on winning the next one, sir, Governor? How do you plan on on pulling that off? Ah, oh, fuck you. Let's just fuck the elections off altogether. Who needs them anyway? You don't need elections anymore. Every time you have an election, it's likely that some Russian is going to be standing behind the curtain trying to figure out a way to fuck with it anyway. So what's the difference? Let's just get rid of all elections. Yes, and the prisoners. Let the prisoners vote from prison and let and if they don't vote the way we want, well then we'll just allocate our electoral college votes to the other guy anyway. <laughs> <sighs> Still, 
The compact is pending in eight states that did vote for Trump. Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Kansas, North Carolina, South Carolina. All eight states have legislatures controlled by Republican Republicans. So the compact's future in each of those states is a question mark at best. It's already become an issue in the 2020 race, ladies and gentlemen. Numerous Democratic presidential candidates have been vocal in their support for ditching the Electoral College in favour of a national popular vote during a town hall event in Jackson. Senator Elizabeth Warren promised to abolish the Electoral College completely, saying every vote matters and the way we can make that matter is that we can have national voting and that means getting rid of the Electoral College. Well, every vote matters, unless you're from one of the red states that only has about three, four or five electoral college votes, because then you can go and get fucked because your state government is just going to hand them to the to the, the Democrat anyway. So bravo. Yes, they are serious. They do mean it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, as always, all of these links will be in the show notes on the Podbean website, uh, boogiebumper.podbean.com, where we keep, where we host the podcast. So if you want to grab the links and send them out and celebrate the fact that your vote will soon be irrelevant <laughs> then please do so so yeah interesting stuff maybe that's the way to get around the impeachment question well just change the rules just change the whole system why not why not it's called progress for a reason am i right uh brian stelter ladies and gentlemen oh actually let's do this Brian Stelter thinks there's another reason why, you know, there, there might be a lack of civility in politics, generally speaking, in this day and age. Brian Stelter, you see, he's not a simple man. Brian Stelter is a deep thinker. And Brian Stelter is capable of examining problems at multi-levels, at, you know, at, at multiple points in time. He is, he is omnipotent when it comes to media analysis, is Brian Stelter. He is everywhere, all the time, all-seeing, all-knowing, wagging finger of justice. And he has his own theory about why civility is now currently lacking in the United States. Check it out. And chief media correspondent. That smile, and- <laughs> Look at that smile. There he is. <laughs> Isn't he a handsome fella? Look at that. That is a million dollar gob right there. Absolutely stunning. Media correspondent, host of reliable sources, and listen, you know, say what you will about the press. Say what you will. This is an event that honors the First Amendment. Ah. Yes, that's what it's about. It's an awards dinner and a fundraiser. An awards dinner and a fundraiser. (laughs) Awards dinners and fundraisers honor the First Amendment. For me, they would only honor the First Amendment if I would have the ability to walk into an awards dinner you know, a, a gala event or an awards night and stand up halfway through and go, this is fucking boring. I'm out of here. All of you are just sucking each other's assholes dry right now. And I cannot stand it. Well, Brian Stelter, you do such tremendous work over there at CNN. Oh, stop it, Joe Scarborough. You're the best. No, you're the best. No, you're the best. You love freedom more than anybody. You hate Trump more than anybody. Haha, <laughs> touche. Give that man a fucking award. Make sure it's shiny. Spit shine that fucking thing. Ah, there you go. There you go. 
This award goes to Dom Lemon for being the journalist's favourite journalist. Well, you really, you really pushed some boundaries this year, Don. Congratulations. You earned this. You earned this, mate. You did a, you did a fantastic job. An utterly fantastical job, sir. Thank you. Thank you for the award. It's going up on the fireplace. Not in the fireplace. On the fireplace. Uh, back to Bri Bri. In the past, presidents have always shown up, uh, even if they were angry at the press at any given time. And importantly, it's it's useful for White House aides to schmooze with reporters. Yeah. It's helpful schmooze. for us to get to know our sources. There's some value in these sorts of festive events. But <laughs> Imagine being a guy who thinks that there's value in schmoozing. Schmoozing. Like, there is value in networking and meeting people and shaking hands and doing face-to-faces and stuff. But don't call it schmoozing. Because schmoozing is like foppish, uh, would you say, foppish, pretentious little back and forths about the weather and shit. That's what schmoozing is. If you schmooze around a cocktail party, nobody wants to schmooze. Everybody hates schmoozing. It is, as you said, another example of a tradition that's uh, at least being put on pause during the Trump age. Here's what the Correspondents Association says. They said, basically, they don't mind either way. This event is going to be about celebrating journalists and celebrating the First Amendment. And so the show... Like, cele- like journalists don't celebrate themselves enough. After the Mueller report, all we got was every single day was, we were right, we were right about everything. Do you see? Do you see? Look back. Look at, look at the report. Look at it. Look at it. Look, 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 look. See how it says there about the Russians and stuff? That was me. I did that. We got it right, man. We nailed that sucker. We are so good. We are so good at protecting free speech and stuff. We are the best. You know what we should have? We should have an awards night dedicated to this. Oh, what a tremendous idea. And the president should be there. Absolutely. The president should show up and applaud us for our fantastic work ethic and moral aptitude when it comes to journalism. We want to make the president sit down because we love freedom so much. We want to force the president to sit there in a suit and applaud us for our terrible fucking journalism. And the winner and the winner of tonight's award goes to Joe Bloggs for writing Donald Trump is a hateful Nazi who wants to imprison gay people. Bravo. To present the award, the president, Donald Trump. Donald, get your ass up here. Come on. You did a tremendous job. Because <laughs> they love freedom so much. So we'll go on. There's the statement uh, about this weekend's dinner and dinners in the future. But look, it's yet another example of, of what we're seeing. This administration's attack against the media. Takes- <laughs> <laughs> yes, you heard that right. Yes, you heard that right. Do not adjust your televisions, ladies and gentlemen. Do not adjust your monitors. This is Brian Stelter. He's now he's not by not going to a dinner where these foppish reporters will slap each other on the back and hand each other awards and tell each other what a great fucking job they're doing by not attending this gala event. This now equates to an attack on the press, believe it or not. You know, you know how people in the corporate media like to say now that uh, words are just the same as violence. You know, if Donald Trump says something that's a little bit rude. They can say, well, he's inflicting violence on that person. He's inflicting real violence, like the danger, the dangerous rhetoric, ladies and gentlemen. Well, now, not even turning up, not even saying anything is akin to a violent, brutal attack on the free press. 
what the hell are you smoking, Brian? I, I don't know if he should be taking less of whatever he's taking or double the dose. But where he's at right now, this middle, this middle part, this grey area here, this isn't working for anybody. Donald Trump not showing up to our press dinner where we hand each other awards and tell each other what a great job we're doing is literally an attack on the free press. Okay. <clears throat> okay, Brian. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all Donald Trump's fault, that credibility just oozing away, isn't it? It's all his fault. You, you've got nothing to do with it, Brian. You're brilliant. Brian, you're fantastic. You're brilliant. You're an incredibly smart man. You're an incredibly smart man with an incredibly analytical mind who's capable of seeing through the spin. Your angles, Brian. Fuck it. Give him an award. Let's give him an award right now. The Brian Stelter Award for being Brian Stelter. There you go. So, speaking of civility, attacks on the free press. I know, I know you'll enjoy this. Samantha B. Remember she called Ivanka Trump a feckless cunt not long ago? Uh, she's going to now lecture you on what it means to treat each other with respect. Don't we need fun too, Samantha? The country to, is so divided we need to and so nasty and so yes. mean. So how do you navigate those waters? How do you know how far you can go to the line without crossing it? Well, as you know, Gail, I'm a big <laughs> believer in the grand old First Amendment. So, you know, we push limits on our show for sure. But we work our way through very difficult material and we oh, try to highlight things difficult. that are important to us, but we bring humor to it too. Yeah. Calling Donald Trump a Nazi is very difficult material. I, I don't even know how she pulls it off with such grace. <laughs> Calling Ivanka Trump a feckless cunt. Well, that was that was just a minefield of potential outrage. But we got through it. You know why? Because we're so talented. Because we're so freaking talented, my man. You know, we like to push the boundaries. We like to say that Donald Trump's a racist. <gasps> oh, 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 how could you? <laughs> What, like every other show on television? Yeah, you're so you're so risky and edgy. You know, we called the Fox News viewers uh, Nazis and white supremacists, and that that was really out there. We were really pushing the boundaries, bro. Ah, oh. all of the other late night shows got angry because we were stealing their material that they've been doing for the last two and a half years. But we we were the ones who pushed that boundary. We did that. Hello, Stella. We think it, we, I, I feel like it's a way for people to get yep. to understand or or process the things that are happening uh, right now, which can be very devastating. Yeah. Do you ever think uh, this is? It's a way for people to process what's happening right now. <laughs> you know, you know, Samantha. I've often thought that all of those people that watch Fox News and voted for Donald Trump were sick, disgusting, Gestapo-loving Nazis who would like to stomp the faces of minorities and gay people alike. Well, thank you for airing that. I'm glad that you worked within the bounds of civility. And I, I appreciate you working your way through such a complicated topic because I think it helps us grow and come together as people. I think that's the way for real growth, real progress. This, not the Mueller report or anything else, it's sure. too serious to joke about. Or, oh, of course. Yeah. There are definitely things that are too serious to joke about, and we don't joke about those things. Such but we as... find our line as we get to it. You know what I mean? We don't, like, we don't have an agenda on the show that's like, this is, this is off topic. <laughs> oh, God. Don't do it to me, Samantha. Yeah, we don't have an agenda on the show. 
Hang on. Let me see. Let me see if I can bring something up here. Okay. There are some topics that you can't joke about. Welcome back to the show. You know, we tend to talk about lady stuff a lot on this show, mainly because I am a woman, and other late-night shows already cover beer pong or whatever. I don't know. I can't watch them. Their voices are so deep. But there is one issue that affects oh, men I you? do want to discuss tonight, male sexual abuse. When we talk about men and sexual assault, it's usually about whether some slime ball was falsely accused or not. But false accusations are as rare as a fun bag. Wait, some slime ball was falsely accused or not? He's still a slime ball. He has genitals, am I right? <laughs> Bachelorette party. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Only 16 more hours. Save a unicorn jello shot for me, Kelsey T. Oh God, I don't know. I don't know how people watch this show. I don't know how people watch her. It's, it's like a it's like an hour-long woo girl. We're getting cocktails. Woo! We don't joke. There are some things you don't joke about, says Samantha B. Sexual abuse, though. Please. What are you, some kind of prude? We love making rape jokes here on the Samantha B Show. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Stop being, stop being such a fuddy-duddy. For us, we just take every story that feels important to us and then figure important. out if there's a path through it that we can make on the show. And uh, if there is no path, then we leave it to Frontline. Well done, Samantha. A lesson in civility from Samantha B. Just for the record, I don't care what she says. You know, I don't like it when people um, get outraged when these idiots talk on television. You know what I mean? My personal view is like, eh, whatever. Who the fuck is Samantha B? I don't care what she does. Who gives a fuck? So I'd much rather than instead of, you know, say, remember the Ivanka Trump feckless cunt thing. And people, you know, people can be upset by that. But here's what I would do. Instead of going out there and saying, oh, this is awful. How could you say that? How could you say these horrible things? I would just take it as a green light to meme Samantha B into oblivion and make her life a living hell. <laughs> just bring it up relentlessly. And every time she does little articles, little clips like this, where she's trying to lecture everybody else on what it means to be civil and how you have to be nice to everybody, just remind her of what an inane, backwards-thinking, head-up-her-own-ass, feckless cunt she is. Let's see who gets offended first, because, hey, we love pushing the boundaries, right? We love pushing the boundaries. But there are some things you're not allowed to joke about, and I would assume whatever Samantha B really cares about would be one of those things. <laughs> this was sent through by a good friend of the show, Larry. And now, have your own opinions of Piers Morgan if you wish, but I thought this was pretty funny. The, the same Democrats are screaming every single second of every day about Trump and collusion. He's a criminal. He obstructed justice. We can't have a criminal running the country. And yet, at the same time, they're campaigning for every criminal in the country to have the right to vote for a president. I mean, again, <laughs> this is full of ludicrous irony. So when you say to me, Piers, I don't want you to mock this, I'm finding that instruction very difficult, Mr. Carl. That was the pretty good. That was pretty good. Donald Trump is a criminal. <laughs> you know who knows best that Donald Trump's a criminal? The other criminals. Takes one to know one, baby. The best way to remove this criminal from the White House is to allow the criminals to vote him out. <laughs> because now the criminals are the voice of reason in the nation. 
we can't have a criminal running the country. We need to let all the criminals vote him out so they can run the country instead. <laughs> I wonder if Donald Trump would get voted out, though, if criminals were allowed to vote. How many people would go, nah, fuck him. You know, fuck everybody. Let's just vote for Trump. Why not? He makes a lot of money. He's got bling. He knows how to roll. I mean, if they do really believe that Donald Trump is a criminal, wouldn't they prefer to vote for one of their own instead of somebody, you know, forget about, you know, politicians running on, oh, we need to we need to tighten up laws. We need to tighten up gun laws. Democrats won't get a vote from the guys in prison. We need to tighten up gun laws, throw more people in jail for having the wrong kind of gun. It's like, all right, all right, mate, who do you vote for? Not that guy. Not that fucking lunatic. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm already doing 10 to 15. I don't need another 25 on top of that. Thank you very much, you gun-grabbing lunatic. Holy hell. You watch. If they actually do one day allow criminals to vote from prison, all of the Democrats will all of a sudden be like, you can have whatever guns you want. That's fine. You can have 5,000 guns. You can have a nuclear bomb in your basement. I don't get it. Freedom, baby. It's freedom. <laughs> crack. Legalize that shit. We love cracking guns. We love we love narcotics and we love guns, especially in the hands of people who are currently in jail for narcotics possession and guns. We love them. We love you too. Thought this was interesting. YouTubers spark furious backlash after wedding and pregnancy uh, prank backfires. Oh dear. Oh dear. Teen YouTube stars Danielle Cohn and Mikey Tua. There's the happy couple. Get a haircut, mate. You show up like that to your fake wedding day with that haircut? Holy cow. Have angered a number of their viewers after leading them to believe they were married and having a baby. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're married and having a baby. It's time to send me money. Send me some money. You need to focus on being happy together because nothing else will make you as happy. All right. By the power invested in me, about being the king. I don't know where people got wise to this, to the fact that this wedding was fake. Like, what about this tells you that it's fake? I don't know why you'd think it's fake because I know from personal experience, every wedding that I've ever attended, there has been a man in the front row patting a dog and eating at the same time while the ceremony is taking place. Isn't that common in American weddings? Really? Look at him. <laughs> it looks like a little Pomeranian or something. And he's eating while the ceremony is taking place. Couldn't wait five minutes. You couldn't wait till the reception. More importantly, by Clark County. It's real to me. I now pronounce you best friend for life. And best, best friend, friend for, for life. life. You may kiss your friend. You may kiss your friend. And you may all applaud. Yee! Um, we didn't mean to offend anyone. If you got offended or if you looked at it in a wrong way, that's definitely not what we were trying to do. We were just trying to make a fun video. Also, prank, pranking our parents, pranking you guys. Just a fun thing. We've always seen pranks on YouTube and we were just like, we thought it would be fun to prank you guys. We definitely didn't think that it was going to go as far as it did. We thought maybe just our YouTube followers would see it. But then we were just kind of like, we wanted to post it on Instagram. We were like, let's make this into like this huge prank like episode. You can see why she's so popular. We've recently 
We've seen recently the staggering lengths people will go to in order to gain Instagram follows and YouTube likes. Yes, we did the story the other day about the English guy working in Spain who offered his friend that he was living with uh, $300 US to cut off his penis and post the video to YouTube. And he said, if it goes vi- if it goes viral, mate, if we get one million hits, I'll give you another thousand quid. What is that? How's that sound, mate? How's that sound? Companion dog, marriage is stressful. Yes. <laughs> Take, for example, the guy who recently filmed himself kissing his half-sister as part of a bizarre, fra- uh, fra- b- pardon me, bizarre prank to shock his fans. The stunt prompted backlash, just as one by two teenage social media influencers have done this. Influencers. Oh, God. Influencer. <laughs> <laughs> don't, be, don't influence anybody, please. Danielle Cohn, 15, who has more than one million YouTube subscribers... And over 3 million followers on Instagram and her 16-year-old boyfriend, Mikey Tua, are at the centre of the controversy, which saw them a fake wedding, which saw them fake a wedding and a pregnancy. There you have it. The pair uploaded a series of videos and photos online showing themselves being married by an Elvis impersonator in Vegas. It's the only way to roll. They then claimed the reason they tied the knot was because Danny was pregnant and they filmed themselves talking about going for it for their first ultrasound. But there was no baby. There was no ultrasound. Yes, they are influencers. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you have teenage sons or daughters, now would be the appropriate time to run into their room, board up the windows, throw them under the bed and put them in a potato sack and pray for Jesus to return to earth. Because because if they're being if they're being influenced by this... You're a deep shit. By the time they turn 17 or 18, you're going to want to kill yourself. Influences. God help us all. At the end of the video, the couple admitted they thought it would be fun to prank people, but didn't think it was going to go as far as it did. I'm definitely doing the wrong type of content. One million subscribers on YouTube for this? Wow. Maybe if I t- maybe if I call myself an influencer and get fake married to a fifteen-year-old girl, no wait, that wouldn't work, would it? That wouldn't work. Hmm. Might have to rethink my approach. I just wanted to throw this up. This is our PJW's new site called Summit News. Labor MP who has ice who said ISIS bride should come back to the UK wants to ban President Trump from state visit. <laughs> Left-wing Labor MP Rupa Huck, Huck, who said that ISIS bride Shamima Begum should come back to the UK, is now calling for President Trump to be banned from entering the country on a state visit because of racism. During a radio interview in February, Huck said Begum, who had her citizenship revoked, had suffered trial by media and should have been allowed to return to the UK from Syria. This despite the fact that Begum literally stitched bombs into suicide vests to ensure they exploded when taking off during her long uh, during her time alongside ISIS jihadists in Syria. Begum was also a member of the Hizbah enforcement group, which handed out brutal punishments to those flouting ISIS laws on how to dress and behave. She also pointed an automatic weapon at women in Syria for wearing brightly coloured shoes. But yeah, you know what? She's not Donald Trump, so how bad can she be? How bad can she be? The main thing is to keep Donald Trump out of the UK at all costs. (laughs) Oh, man. Yep. Let the ISIS brides back in. Keep out Donald Trump. He a racist. He bad. 
in Batman. Speaking of bad men, 72-year-old man stabbed nephew for taking too long in the bathroom. Have a little look here. If you if you don't get out of that bathroom now, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, right, granddad. <laughs> <laughs> He's 72? Are you Dan Johnson? Yes, sir. Okay. I'm Judge Weston. We're here for first appearance this afternoon. For purposes of today's hearing, I am provisionally appointing the public defender, that's the gentleman next to you there, to represent you in this hearing. Um, you have a, a, some rights that you probably heard right over the loudspeaker in the back. Did you hear that? Yes, sir. Okay. So the purpose of first appearance is for me to tell you the charges against you to make a determination as to whether there's probable cause to set a bond amount in any conditions of your release. Now, you're here on a charge of aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. I've reviewed the 707, and there is probable cause for that charge against you. A DeLand man stabbed his nephew four times with a six-inch fillet knife for taking too long in the bathroom <clears throat> and claimed the younger man also made him feel disrespected. Oh, well. <laughs> well, then, I mean, can we really blame him? Can we really blame the guy? Dan Johnson, 72. I mean, you can't be dissing. You can't be dissing on the on the throne, bro. I don't care if you are pinching a loaf, bro. You, go, you don't step to me like that. I had to stand up for the hood. Dan Johnson, 72, was arrested and charged with uh, aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. He was being held without bail at the Volusia County Branch Jail on Wednesday. According to investigators, the victim, Michael Johnson, 29, called 911 at 7.34pm Tuesday to report that he had been stabbed and that the suspect, whom he identified as his uncle, was still in the house. Hello, I need evac. I've been stabbed three or four times, said Michael Johnson, breathing heavily in apparent pain. Please hurry up. And there's Uncle, what's his name? <laughs> what's the guy's name? Uncle Dan. Uncle Dan, the happy, stabby Uncle Dan. Gee, Thanksgiving must be interesting at that house. Wow. Pass the peas. Okay, one second. Pass the peas, you little motherfucker. Or you're going to get the blade. I'll cut you. I'll cut you. Tattoo addict who had penis removed shares naked pics with kinky sex toy where manhood was. Adam Curly Kale, 32, started tattooing himself to cover up skin blemishes after being treated for cancer. He had, uh, he had been depressed by his appearance but became obsessed with body art when he started having his skin tattooed. After spending 12 years inking 90% of his body, including his eyeballs... Wow. Adam from the city of Kaliningrad in Russia was still not happy. The heavily tattooed man felt his genitals and nipples looked out of place, so he had them surgically removed. And now he has shared jaw-dropping pictures of himself fully naked to his 10,000 followers on Instagram. Again, I'm barking up the wrong tree here. I need to remove my genitals, get 90% of my body tattooed, including my eyeballs, and then get married to a 15-year-old who I say is pregnant. I think if I cover both of those bases... Look out, 3 million followers, here we come. In which he covers his groin area with handcuffs and a whip. Do you want to see the guy? Here he is. <laughs> yeah. This guy, Boogie, and his people propaganda that penetrates them. <laughs> Gary, 
people still complain about Gary. Don't worry about Gary. He's been in he's been in this chat room for what two years, Gary? Something like that. He still thinks I'm a Catholic. <laughs> I haven't had the heart to tell him that I'm not, <laughs> so I just let him keep going. <laughs> By the way, I'm really a Catholic, Gary. That was just a joke. I'm just joking. I'm just joshing you, bro. You nailed it. <clears throat> Carry on. Adam rose to fame in 2017 after taking part in Poland's Second Face TV show. He revealed, I belong to a type of people called nullo, which means that I'm an agamic person, but asexual doesn't mean that I don't have a sex drive. People from the nullo community don't want to have body parts like nipples, a belly button, or genitals, which determine if you're a man or a woman. There's a close-up of the young man, I assume. Handsome boy. Previously, he spoke about how difficult it was to use the toilet without his genitals. He wrote on social media, I removed removed the catheter and drains thinking that it would be better, and now I return to the catheter. The pain is insignificant because I'm happy. Looking at my genitals, I felt abhorrence and abomination. Wow. See, once upon a time, um, if you... You know, if you express to the people that you know, your friends, your family, your loved ones, what have you, that you wanted to tattoo your eyeballs and cut off your genitals because when you look at your own genitals, you feel like an abomination, like a like a some kind of disaster of, of nature and that you feel sick when you look at your own genitals. In previous years, that probably would have gotten you some kind of, let's say, personalized care. And some may argue rightly so. But now in 2019, ladies and gentlemen, that now gets you 10,000 Instagram followers and a spot on one of Poland's most successful TV shows. Bravo. Once upon a time. (laughs) Well, good luck to him. I think if more people go about, um, you know, removing their own genitals and tattooing themselves in this fashion in order to feel better about themselves, then... Well, if nothing else, it'll be easier to identify them when walking down the street. And we'll know who not to harangue when they steal our parking spot. Don't you think? This guy can have it. Let's just, he he can have, you can have that spot. No, no, I put, I put money in the meter already. It's fine. It's good for another 25 minutes. You you just, you just do whatever you got to do, man. Thanks for playing. One more here to let us go. Reckless tourists are slammed for taking smiling selfies while sitting on the edge of a notorious volcano which erupted just three days later. Oh, what a shame. Damn it. It's like when you're driving down the highway and you see somebody doing like double the speed limit and they're they're swerving in and out, they're generally making a nuisance of themselves and you always think to yourself, why can't the police be here right now? Like, why do the police always pick me up when I run a stop sign in the middle of the night when there's nobody around? Why do the police always grab me when I'm doing like five mile an hour over? And there's this guy doing 50 mile an hour over down the highway on the wrong side of the road, swerving in and out. Where are the police when you need them? Same thing applies here. <laughs> hey, if, if this would be a fantastic... If you want to get 2 million Instagram followers, take a selfie next to a volcano when it erupts and a piece of molten lava hits you on the top of the head and instantly burns right through and pops out your back passage. You'll be an overnight internet sensation. And you won't even have to cut off your penis. 
This is the moment when two reckless backpackers dangled their feet over the edge of an active volcano that erupted three days later. Do you want to see the footage? Let's have a look here. Not bad. Mount Agung. See, I don't have a problem with this. The footage was filmed at the notorious Mount Agung in Bali, Indonesia, with the volcano erupting on Sunday morning, sending a volcanic ash cloud into the sky and sparking flight delays. Footage of the backpackers was taken on April 18, three days before the eruption, and it shows them laughing and joking as they pose for selfies above the active volcano. Indonesia's disaster agency has slammed the tourists, posting the footage on social media and highlighting how they ignored signs which said there was a three-mile exclusion zone around the site. No, I'm sorry. If you're part of the disaster agency, right, you can't criticise the tourists for getting too close to the volcano. What? We, we put a sign. We put a sign out. Like, we never thought that the tourists would be able to walk around the sign. Like, these guys are reckless. They're crazy. Here at the here at the disaster agency, we take our job very seriously. We have allocated a three-mile exclusion zone around an active volcano, and in order to protect the integrity of the agency and the people around the volcano themselves, you'll be pleased to know that we have erected a sign out the front. It says, please do not go closer to the volcano. This this should put everybody's mind at ease. We have taken, we have handled the situation. We have gone above and beyond and handled the situation, which is what the population really expects us to do. National Disaster Mitigation Agency boss Satupo Puro Nugroho. Satupo Puro Nugroho sounds like a wrestling name. And in the red corner... Satupa Pua Nagruho! Let's erupt. Even though any activities are already forbidden in a radius of four kilometers from the crater, there are still tourists and tour guides that are reckless and they're going near the crater. He said it's extremely dangerous because Mount Agung could erupt at any time. That's why we put the sign down. Caution, volcano may erupt. Oh, oh. Mount Agung erupted early on Sunday morning around 3.21am, sending a volcanic ash cloud into the sky and sparking fears about flight delays. Authorities are maintaining a four-kilometre exclusion zone. The ex- Ooh, the exclusion zone. <laughs> it's a fucking good exclusion zone you got there, mate. Couldn't even keep out two, two J- Dutch backpackers with an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> reckless. Exactly, reckless. But who cares? Like... If if you walk past a sign up to if you we've done this active volcano thing because there was one that happened in Hawaii like a year ago we did it on one of the free for alls and people who were around back then they'll remember there was people on the news like the the authorities were coming out and making statements we absolutely must stop people from going too close to the vo- volcano and we're all like why let them you know if they want to get a selfie next to a volcano and they die. So what? Why are we standing in the way of natural selection here? If you, if you really believe in the theory of evolution, then you cannot allow stupid people who want to walk up to active volcanoes to continue to live against their will. They, they want to die. <laughs> I thought we're pro-euthanasia. Isn't this progress? 
We, yes, we believe in the theory of evolution and we are pro-euthanasia. Oh, we can't. Don't, don't walk too close to the active volcano to take a selfie. You might get hurt. And they, thump, they give the big middle finger to the sign st- standing out the front of the volcano. Active volcano, you are now entering an exclusion zone. Pfft, fuck you. Fuck you and your exclusion zone. I do what I want. I ain't scared of no volcano. <laughs> and if they fall in and tumble to their death, do you want the real way to be able to stop people from going near active volcanoes? Get more YouTube videos and Instagram footage of people dying near active volcanoes. That's how you fix the problem. A sign isn't going to stop them. That's not going to work. You need to allow the backpackers to go up to the volcano and then hopefully somebody gets some footage of them melting. Just turning into a big puddle of human soup. And then upload that to Instagram. The authority, the what, what's, he, what, what's this idiot from? The disaster agency or something? Indonesia's disaster agency. Then upload it to the disaster agency's YouTube account. And say, here, we tried, we tried, we put out a sign. We tried to warn you. This is what happens to the tourists. I guarantee you, no tourists ever go back to that volcano again. And the ones that do, well, they're making the world a better place by taking themselves out of the gene pool. A bit of chlorine in the shallow end of the gene pool, ladies and gentlemen. And I think we're all in favor of that. Well, like I said, all of the links that we used on today's show will be in the show description if you go to uh, boogiebumper.podbean.com. We'll have all the links there if you want to have a look. That's all I've got for you today. Do stick around for tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, the free-for-all. I'll put a tweet up early morning. And so if you want to send in articles or clips or links or whatever, um, I'll pin the tweet to the top of my Twitter feed, which you can get at Boogie Bumper. And, you know, just submit whatever you want. We'll have a laugh. We'll tear it up. Great point, Ernie Banks. Five-year-olds learn from scissors. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's the only... I'm sh- Okay. So, you know, Rutger, w- Rutger wanted to have fun on his Indonesian holiday, but he stray a little too close to the volcano and now he has no legs. But it's the only way he learn. It's the only way he'll learn. Now we have to lift him up when he wants to take a piss. It's the only way he'll learn. He didn't want his genitals anyway. He wants to be an Instagram star. So it's good that his testicles melted in the volcano. Because now he can be famous on Instagram. Thank you, Rutka. You now provide provide money for whole family. It was a it was a lovely day at the volcano. So yeah, I'll put the tweet up on the on the um God. I'll pin the tweet to my timeline and you can submit links or articles. So if you want to check it out, then please follow at Boogie Bumper. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash Boogie Bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And if you would like to have sex with the universe, walk into an active volcano, or tell me what a feckless cunt I am, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Until tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, Dan. Good to see you. Thanks, Sandra. Stace.
probably around the same time tomorrow night, I think, about 6pm. If not, I'll let you know on Twitter. Only if you're interested. Thanks, Amber. Thanks, Original Rev. Thank you, Cherry Pocker. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ginger. Thanks for joining us. See you tomorrow night for the free-for-all. Thanks, Kip. Thank you, Mr. Blake. Now, you be nice. You be civil to each other. You be civil. You feckless... Be nice now. <laughs> All right. I'll see you tomorrow, guys. Bye-bye.